We are going to be learning the Kutzichas, Chelakutchas, the third Sicha of Parshas Pinchas. This is a beautiful Sicha. It's going to be a Avaydedik Sicha. And we're going to be discussing the different personalities of Pinchas, Moshe, uh, Yermia, and Yeshaya. More specifically, we're going to be comparing the Avaida of Pinchas and Yermia. And we're going to contrast that to the Avaida of Moshe Rabbeinu and Yeshaya. So let's start off, we're going to start off with a question. We know in the beginning of this week's parsha, after Pinchas has, has Mesir Nefesh, Gufai, to kill Kazbi, Basur, it tells us that he, he is Ma'ori, the Jewish people, to do tshuva. He says, that he does an act of Kiddush Hashem amongst the Jewish people. This is, awakens them to do tshuva and return to Hashem, and that removes the anger of Hashem from amongst the Jewish people. Um, and Hashem gives him as a reward the Brisi Shalom, the Bris Kunas Eilam, for him and his children forever, they are all going to have this Bris Kunas Eilam. So the question is, the, the reason why Pinchas got the Kuhuna, the Pashtas, is because he removed the anger of Hashem from amongst the Jewish people and, and, and stopped them from being destroyed. So if that's the reason why he gets the Bris Kunas Eilam, then why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu get the Bris Kunas Eilam? Lechayr Moshe Rabbeinu saved the Jewish people at least four times when they did a ver said Moshe Rabbeinu Davin for them, and it was saved. Uh, the most famous of which, of course, is by the eagle. It says, V'yichal Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu Davin to Hashem. It says in the Gemara, V'yichal comes from Lashon of Achayla, that he Davin to such a point that he even became sick. Uh, but the point is that he Davin to Hashem and removed the anger of Hashem from amongst the Jewish people. And that was four times. But we don't see that he got the Brisk Salem. On the contrary, we see it in the Zizkrik's parasha. When Moshe Rabbeinu asks that his children take over the leadership after he passes away, Hashem tells him, tells him that it's not going to go to his kids, rather it's going to go to Yeshua. So it seems like such a great contrast. Pinchas saves the Jewish people from the anger of Hashem once, and therefore he gets the Briskun Asylum. Masha'in came Moshe, that does it four times, but he doesn't get the Briskun Asylum. It does, and he does, even his children don't get the honor that he had. They, they don't even get the leadership, doesn't remain. So the reasoning for this is we can understand by looking at the difference in Aveda between Moshe and Pinchas. And by analyzing the difference in the Avayda, we can understand why the schar that they got would also would have been different. By Moshe Rabbeinu, his main Avayda was in an oifen of Gileor, re- revealing Hashem's presence within the world. You know, even from the moment Moshe Rabbeinu was born, it says, Nespalai habayas kuleyar. It was always an union of light by Moshe Rabbeinu. The main uh, purpose of Moshe Rabbeinu was giving the Torah to the Jewish people. The Torah was received, he was, he was had the Kabbalah Satay, received the Torah from on high, and he brings it to the Jewish people. It's always this idea of a Gilead revelation of Mamayla Lamata. And if we look even at the way how he saves the Jewish people and the Jewish people sin, it's a way of davening. What does davening mean? Davening is that Moshe Rabbeinu is beseeching Hashem not to be angry, or he's awakening within Hashem a desire of love to the Jewish people, or a, a desire to give them another chance, it's, it's to remove the darkness from the Jewish people. But it's in a way of, of, of working from above to below, meaning it's because the Jewish people themselves don't actually change. Moshe is davening to Hashem that he shouldn't uh, bring a, a gzera upon the Jewish people. But the Jewish people themselves haven't actually changed. They stayed the same. Same thing by Matan Torah. Right? When they got the Torah, it says that the Zuhama that was given to them by the, Nacha, by the snake was left them. But 
It only left them because of the great revelation of Matan Taira. So therefore, it always had the capability to return because their bodies were still a body which is able to take that impurity within them. That's why they had the capability to bring it back within themselves. And that's what happened. They did the Chet Egal, And when they did the Chet Egal, the Zuhan Ma of this snake returns into them. So we see that the general Avaidah of Meish Rabbeinu is to bring light, to bring Torah, to bring inspiration within the Jewish people. And through this great inspiration, that lifts up the Jewish people. But it doesn't actually change who they are. And therefore, once the Or leaves, they return to who they were before. Or in other words, we know that light pushes away darkness, or the light pushes away darkness. But as soon as that light leaves, then automatically the Chayshach comes back afterwards. That's Meishur Beinah's Avaida. But we look at Pinchas, his Avaida was the Mesir Snefesh, which came from the Gufa, came from his body itself. What does he do? He risks his life and goes in and attacks Zimri amongst all of his, uh, the people of his Shevet, kills him. Uh, so he has a Mesir Snefesh Boguf. He goes into a situation which is physically dangerous for him. And the purpose of that is to make a Kiddush Hashem, to fulfill what Hashem's Ratzin is. What's the Poel Yetzif and his having this Mesir Snefesh? He says he takes out the bodies. Every, all the Jewish people see that they, they, they weren't innocent, that they were guilty of the crime that was done. And therefore, Pinchos was righteous in killing them. And this act of Mesir Snefesh, this act of Kiddush Hashem, awakens the Jewish people to return to Hashem. So what happened over here is, and that causes the anger of Hashem to leave. So in other words, Pinchas doesn't daven to Hashem, but rather he changes the Jewish people. The Jewish people, by seeing his physical actions in this physical world, that awakens them to change their actions, and then for them to do tshuva, and for them to return to Hashem. So Moshe Rabbeinu was pale that there would be a, revel- a gili or a great revelation. He was pale that Hashem should remove the darkness, but the darkness never was removed inside the Jewish people themselves. It was because the, the gili or the davening, the light that he brought into the world that removes the gezer from the Jewish people. But my Pinchas, it's because of his awakening the Jewish people to do tshuva, that's what removes the gzera, uh from this world. So in other words, the Avoidah of Maishar Rabbeinu is Mamayla Lamata. He's working with bringing the R, bringing the inspiration, bringing the Torah down into this world. And therefore that causes the darkness to be pushed away in Mamela. And therefore also the Avaida of Moshe was Be'ikr Mitzad, his Neshama. This is an Avaida of inspiration. This is Avaida of Neshama. Learning Taira, Davani. These are things that inspire the Neshama to become closer to Hashem. But that doesn't have a direct impact on the body. There is an impact because when a Yid is involved in Taira and Tefillah and these Heilike and Yanim, of course the body goes with him. But the body is not changing Mitzad itself. The body at this moment is being inspired by the Taira, by the Tefillah, and therefore it's coming to, to Hashem. But if it once he's not learning Torah, once the inspiration is gone, the body naturally goes back to its physical and more base desires. That hasn't changed. Masha'in came by Pinchas, his Avaidah is the Mata Lamaila. His Avaidah is to be mezachich, to purify, to elevate uh, the Mata. So he's transforming the darkness into light. So the Chayshech and the body itself is becoming a place of R. So the, the base desires won't be there anymore, or at least or at least they have the tools to be able to control those base desires. I guess those are two different levels. One is the level of a skafia, that he has the tools to know how not to fail the base desire. And the higher level, of course, was the skapha, that the transformation that you don't even have those base desires anymore. But that was the Avayid of Pinchas. So therefore, we also understand the difference in the schar. The reason why Pinchas' schar 
was the idea of the bris kuhnas for him and his children forever is because his effect that he had on the Jewish people is something which lasts forever. He changed them internally. When you change someone internally, that's who they become. If there is external forces which are causing a change, once those external forces are gone, then the person remains who he always was. But when the, the change comes from within, then the person is a different type of person. So if he's a different type of person, um, therefore the, uh, he remains that way forever uh, until someone has to work, uh, you know, unless there's a, uh, someone's working to change him back or he's working on himself to change him. But the point is he's a new person because he changed himself. The person always has Bechir Chachis, of course, but the change that he does is something which is changed and therefore there would need to be a, a change backwards. It doesn't, it's not going to just change back automatically on its own. Um, and therefore, regarding the schar, oh, so the, and therefore the Sifri tells us, and also the Gemara tells us, because Pinchas brought the kapara to the Jewish people, and because the kapara was in a way that they themselves changed, therefore the kapara stays forever. As the Sifri says, that the kapara will not be removed from the Jewish people until until Mason, meaning that it's going to last forever. Why is it going to last forever? It's because the kapara is nimshach. The kapara is Tamidis. The kapara lasts forever because this that he did, his defect that he had on the Jewish people was something which is permanent. Therefore, the forgiveness that he's bringing will also be permanent. And this also makes sense why he got the ku'una. And for him and his children, because that's also permanent. Because though, in other words, since the, it's midah k'nege midah, he caused the Jewish people to, to do tshuva and, and, and therefore brought a kapara, which is going to be timidis. Therefore, the schah that he got was also timidis. That wasn't uh, his objective in this world. His objective, as we know, as I mentioned earlier, was to bring the Torah to the Jewish people, was to uh, was avoid the mitzad, the neshama. And therefore, uh, it, 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 his uh, his is not something which naturally stays within the mata itself. Therefore, he didn't get the briski hunas oilam. So to understand this, even on a deeper level, let's look at the Haftar of this week's Parsha. So the Haftar of this week's Parsha is Divri Yumiyahu. And uh, the reason why we read this Parsha is because uh, it's the three weeks. And during the three weeks, we read the three Haftaras of Purunasa. But as we know, since every the Haftar is also being read on Parshas Pechas. Of course, besides having the main connection, which would be to the Indian of Ben HaMetzarim, there's also going to be a connection to Pinchas. So what is the connection between Pinchas and Yomia? So on a more external level, you can see a few connections. First of all, in the beginning of this Parsha tells us how Pinchas became a Kayin, how Hashem makes him a Kayin. In the beginning of the Tire, it tells us how Yomia becomes a Navi, how Hashem uh, contacts him and makes him into a Navi, that, that uh, whole story of how he becomes a Navi. And the second connection is that by both in the Haftar and both in the Parsha tells us the Yichus. And the Parsha tells us the Yichus of Pinchas, and the Haftar tells us the Yichus of Yirmiya. And the reasoning is, as said in the Medrash, is because by Pinchas, they were meaning Mazalza, they were belittling him and his lineage, because his mother was the daughter of Yisra. So he was a grandchild of Yisra. So he says, ah, you're the grandchild of someone who fattened calves to avoid desire. Uh, and the purpose of that was, was to uh, show how cruel he was. I mean, not only was it, you know, fattening counts to avoid desire, but it, it was, it, it was the fattening itself. That it, it's, it's, it, the cruelty is that you're fattening them up just to slaughter them. So they were making fun of his lineage and belittling him. You also find by Yermia, it gives us the lineage because his uh, ancestry comes from Rachav. 
Uh, Rachav was a Zaina. We know that when Yeshua sent spies into the city of Yerichai, Rachav is the one that saves the two spies, and therefore she is not destroyed with the rest of the city. Uh, and eventually she marries Yeshua, and one of her descendants is Yermia. So also he was, one of the things that they would disgrace him and belittle him about was also his lineage. Therefore the Haftar starts off with the lineage of Yermia. So these are two connections that we see between Pinchas and Yermia. But, of course, um, if we're going to put these Pinchas and Yermia together, it's not just going to be in one detail about uh, how they started and um, you know their lineage, but it's going to be, in a much greater way, the general approach to the Avodah Hashem. So it wasn't that they had like certain details which are similar, but we're going to see that the character of Pinchas and his Eifin Avodah was similar to the, Eifin, the character and Eifin Avodah of Yermia. And that's the more pinimistic reason why these two uh, things are put together. So let's look at their, uh, we already mentioned their history. And in addition to the history that we see, we also see the difference in Avodah, or the similarity in Avodah. We already mentioned earlier that Pinchas' Avaida was, was to work with the Jewish people when they were in a lowly area. He knows that the Yidin at that point in time were doing the Avaida Zar of Baal Pa'ar. So that Pinchas, through his Messir Snapish, he was able to awaken the Jewish people to return to Hashem. Yermia, the Yidin in that generation, were doing a different Avaida Zar. It was called the Avaida Zar of Baal. And through his Divrei Musar and his words of rebuke, especially about the destruction of the Migdash and how their sins are causing this destruction, that also awakens the Jewish people to do tshuva. So the similarity between Pinchas and Yermia is that they're both getting involved in the, with the Jewish people in the place of darkness where they are, and they're trying to elevate them from, from the darkness. Pinchas, by an actual act of, of murder, of killing Zimri, which is a uh, you know, physical act, and it's an act of gvura. And similarly, Yermia, he's not giving them words of inspiration. He's, in a sense, describing how horrible they are and how bad things will get for them. So, so that's the way how Yermia is working. He's working and trying to breaking the darkness from within. He's trying to show to them, look, look what you, where you are. Look how uh, disgusting are the acts that you're doing. And that is what awakens them to ultimately uh, do tshuva. And therefore, this is the real reason why Yermia and the, the, the Torah of Yermia and Pinchas are put together is because they both have the same oifin of Avayda. And if we look at it in a more detailed way, we could see like this, that there's really, uh, the, the detail that the Torah Shabbat gave us is that they have the same lineage. That's the detail in the Torah that makes the connection between Pinchas and Yermia. So that detail actually expresses who they were. Both of them come from a family of going. What does that mean? It means that there's impurity within them that they need to be able to refine. Within their genes, within the genealogy, there are certain aspects of their character that they need to be mavar, that they need to work on. The second point was the shvatim army mazals are belittling them. Sometimes that actually came almost to physical violence. We know Pinchas was almost killed. Yermia was attacked many times. That is the idea, not to be misspelled, not to be affected by those who are fighting against you. Pinchas goes on the Sir Snapish. He doesn't care about the... Um, about the, uh, his enemies that might attack him. Yermia also is not, uh, unafraid, and he uh, gives the, the prophecies of Hashem, even when these prophecies are very unpopular. So he wasn't nispoiled. And that's the idea is others were belittling them. The idea of the connection is that even though they were being belittled, they did their avayda anyway. And the third thing is how they're ultimately able to transform the darkness into light. Pinchas, 
he, he awakens the Jewish people to do tshuva and therefore removes the darkness from the Jewish, uh, the, the, the anger of Hashem from the Jewish people. And also Yermia, by his words of Toichacha, he awakens the Jewish people to do tshuva. And to point, make this even a little bit deeper, the understanding of the void of Yermia, is we're going to contrast them to Yeshaya. Um, and we're going to see how by contrasting Yeshaya and Yermia, it's going to add another detail in the difference in the Oifen of the Vaida of um, Yermia as opposed to the Oifen of Vaida of Yeshaya. So to give a quick introduction, it tells us the Gemara Baba Basra Daf Yudala in the days, tells us the order of the prophets. And it tells us, it actually gives a different order than we currently have, but the order of the Gemara is like this. First is Yermia, then it's Yechaskel, and then it's Yishai, which is not according to the time period. Yermia, Yishai was actually the first of the three. But anyways, he's put last. So Gemara tells us, why is this order put that way? It's because Yermia is all about Churban. Yechaskel starts off with Churban, but finishes off the Inyan of Nechemta, the Inyan of Nechama. And Yeshaya is Kula Nechemta. So the difference between Yermia and um, and Yeshaya is that Yeshaya's prophecies are all about Horbin and destruction, while the prophecies, all the prophecies of Yeshaya are about redemption. And to explain this a bit more, because if you actually look at the Sefer Yeshaya, you will actually see there are certain prophecies which are also about the destruction of the race of the Like we know we have uh, Shabbos Chazayim, we run Haftaris of Yeshaya. So there are a few prophecies, even though the majority of the book is about redemption and Geula, but there are some prophecies about destruction. So why is it called Kulay Nechamta? So the Rebbe brings three answers in the Sicha. One answer is just from the Marsha, very you know, simplistic type of answer, is when the Gemara says Kulay Nechamta, it means the majority. We have this like, rule of Rubai to Kulay, the majority is considered like the whole thing. So when it says Kulay Nechamta, it doesn't mean literally everything is, is, is Nechama, but means the majority of the Sefer. That's the main uh, theme of the Sefer is Nechama. And we see this concept in many places when the Gemara says, uh, the Lashon Kol, it doesn't mean literally everything, it means the majority. So therefore, the majority of Sefer Yeshaya is about Nechama. The answer the Rebbe brings in the Pnim is that even when Yeshaya gave Musr, the Musr was in a way of inspiring the Jewish people. He gave them Musr about their sins, but told them, uh, in addition to, uh, to destruction, he also always told them about the um, the salvation that they will have when they do tshuva. So what ultimately brought them to do the tshuva was because the way that he gave his musr was through inspiration. That even when he talked about their sins, he also talked about the nechemta, the geula, and, and the great salvation they'll have when they return to Hashem. And that's what inspired them. So therefore, it's kulu nechemta because even the divrei teichacha was in a way of, uh, of nechemta. And the third reason the Rebbe brings is uh, from Kabbalistic Sefer, Achilles Yaakov, he says because he writes over there that all the prophecies of Yermia is an oifen of gvuris mutakis, meaning the gvuris themselves uh, have been sweetened. Uh, gvur is the idea of uh, acting in a, you know, let's say a harsher or more disciplined way. So like a father, let's say, makes rules and, and sets boundaries for sons with punishments. Ultimately, the real purpose of all these uh, rules is to train the son to become a good person. So when you're looking at it, it looks like, oh, it's just gvura. But eventually, you're able, uh, eventually, if the child's smart, or when he grows up, and he becomes a good person, the gavur itself becomes sweetened because he sees how the gavur itself was something which is sweetened. 
So by also by the prophecies of Yeshaya, all the prophecies are an oifen of vurais mutakais, that the prop that the, even when it says talks about the Ina Puranis, this is in a way that they themselves are sweetened, that you're able to see uh, uh, the, the love of Hashem uh, within these prophecies. Uh, of the Rathamashal, that of, of the king, when a, uh, that when a, when a king punishes his child, or when a king cleans his child, his child's dirty and he cleans it himself, that's the idea of rebuke and the idea of punishment, that Hashem himself is getting involved with the schmutz that we have to clean us off. That's the idea of worse mutakis, that you're able to see the sweetness within it because we're becoming a, a cleaner person, we're becoming a better person. Oh, either way, those are the three explanations why Yeshaya is kuli nechamta. So just to summarize again, what we're trying to do at this point, we're trying to compare uh, Yeshaya, or contrast Yeshaya to Yermia. And we spoke about how Yermia, his whole sefer is about Churban, uh, while Kula Churbana, Masha Inkain, the sefer Yeshaya is all about Kula Nechemta. Another difference is we see that it's within their names themselves. Yermia comes to the idea of Mar, which means bitter. It also comes from, and, and the, the Medrash tells us, beyond of Nasi Yushalayim Yermia, that his days Yushalayim became destroyed. Yermia, the word Yermia also means Yermia, which means idea of destruction. The Friedrich Rebbe brings a, a, a Sicha that Yermia also comes to the idea of Yarm Hashem. Hashem is, is exalted. The idea being is that the Hashem Shkina has been, you know, is exalted and, and removed from this world in a revealed way. While the idea of Yeshaya comes to the idea of Yeshua, salvation. Yeah. It also says, Yesha Yudke, Hashem will save us. Um, Yeshai also comes to the idea of the Shin Ein Hei the th- 365 lights, which are the Pinus Atik, which will be revealed. So we're seeing that there's a difference with it, within Pinchas and Yermia, um, Yermia and Yeshaya, is that Yeshaya, as the Fidikabah says, was an Azman of Geula, was an Azman of, uh, of Gili Or, the time of revelation. The time of the base of Migdash, Hashem's presence was clearly being able to be felt. And therefore, the way how Yeshai was able to um, inspire the Jewish people was reminding them and showing to them the great love of Hashem and showing them the inspiration of Hashem. So the Jewish people were on a, were a high enough level that even when they're doing a virus, they're still able to appreciate the Ruchnius and they were able to see how Ruchnius is so much greater than Gashmis. And that brings them to do tshuva. Masha'enkin Yermia, he's at the time of Dechia, of Hester, he's the time of, of, of Hashem's presence being hidden. It's a time that we, we pushed Hashem away from us. We are not interested in Ruchnius. So Yermia wasn't able to inspire us by telling us how great Hashem is because we weren't interested in the greatness. We have no appreciation of, of, of the greatness of Hashem, the greatness of Tyre, the greatness of Mitzvahs. So talking about uh, how great the time of Mashiach will be wouldn't have inspired us because we're not interested in that type of lifestyle, that type of uh, time period uh, where Torah will be beshlemis and Eretz Yisrael will be beshlemis. That's not what they were involved in. Therefore, it wouldn't have helped. Therefore, Yermia has to inspire them by telling them about Inyanim, uh, of, of breaking who they are at the level that they're currently at, talking about the sins that they're doing and how destructive, how evil that they are. And the purpose of that was is to destroy, who, uh, destroy um, their lifestyle from within, that they themselves come to the realization that the way that we're living and what we're involved in is worthless. It's base and it's unsatisfying and it doesn't leave us happy. And therefore they, on their own, will get rid of all that garbage and start looking for something which is greater and, and start looking for the R of Hashem. And that ultimately will, brings them to do tshuva. Or in the words of, in other words, Yeshaya's 
the, the revelation that Yeshaya gives and his inspiration can only affect those who have an appreciation for light. Or at least, at the very least, they, they have, they, they're, they're not opposing this R. They're neutral or they want it. So there's something to work with. But something which is against that R, doesn't want it, it's not able to affect it because it's the chayshech, it's the opposite of what it is. So you need to remove that. The only thing it could work is, is you get rid of it, then we can start uh, working with the light. If you do tshuva, you become interested in the R, then I can start affecting you. Masha'in Ken Yirmiya, his ability was that even in the place of darkness, which is not a kli as it is for R, he's able to transform that darkness that even the darkness itself wants R, that the person in, within his base desires realizes that kitoi Hashem, that it's not the darkness, and it's not the gashmis, which is gashmak, he realizes that no, it's, it's, it's Hashem which is Gushmak, that Hashem which has the good taste, and, and they're changing it from within. And that's this added detail that we have uh, from Yermia by describing uh, the difference between Yermia and Yeshaya. So let's just summarize before we go right there, is that we were explaining how uh, Pinchas and Yermia have a similar Aveda. And the idea is that both of them were working from Mamat Lamaila, purifying and elevating the Jewish people from below and upwards. And then we added another detail, is that the Maila, we said the Maila of Pinchas and Yermiyaz, one, that's something which is a barkyam, something which lasts. Therefore, also the kapar which comes because of this arousal from below is something which lasts. And the second thing is that it's able to affect the darkness in the place of the darkness itself, which is different than by Moshe and Yeshaya, that by A, the first point is, that the or doesn't change the mata. So if the or leaves, the mata stays how it was. And second of all, in situations where the mata is not a kli at all to that or, has no appreciation, it's the opposite of or, then the or is not able to have an effect on that kli. Uh, the kli has to be removed. That whatever, the, or the obstacles uh, have to be removed, and only then could the or uh, ha- have an effect on, on, on the individual. So to finish off with one last question, and that will also give us a, a beautiful Hira in Avedis Hashem. So we said uh, earlier that this Saptaira is connected to the main reason why we have the Saptaira is because it's one of the Tilsta to Purnusa, it's one of the three Haptaris that we say during the three weeks. And the reason why it's connected to the three weeks is because the Haptaira gives us two famous prophecies of Yermia. One of them is about the almond tree uh, and the blossoming of the almonds. And the idea is that the almonds blossom very quickly, and that expresses how the the churban the, the is going to happen very soon. And the second prophecy was the boiling pot coming from the north, which is telling us that the Babylonians will be coming from the north to attack the Jewish people. But if you look at the beginning of the Torah, the beginning of the Torah doesn't seem to have any connection to the union of the three weeks. The beginning of the Torah, of course, tells us the yichus of Yermia. And then it continues telling us how Yermia is afraid to become a Navi. He says, I'm a youth. Uh, you know, I'm not worthy of this type of, uh, of idea. And Hashem encourages him and tells him, I knew you even before you were formed in the womb. Uh, I pointed you when you were in the womb, etc., etc." He says, I'm going to be with you. We see words of encouragement to Yermi that he can become a Navi. So the Shaila is, what's the connection of the beginning of the Aftairah to the Bein HaMetzarim? If the reason why, the main reason why we're reading this Aftairah is because of the Bein HaMetzarim, then it should have only started from the actual prophecies about destruction. Why is he giving this introduction of how Yermi became a Navi, how Hashem's encouraging him? It doesn't seem very much connected to the Gimel to Pernusa. So the idea is, is because the whole purpose of Golas 
is to elevate the Gullus. The reason why we go into Gullus is not just a punishment for the sake of punishment, but it's to go into the place of darkness and to be able to elevate that darkness from within. So again, this is the void of Yermia, that in the place of darkness itself, we're able to transform the darkness and become elevated and closer to Hashem. And therefore, this is the Hara, and then we'll answer why this Aftar is connected, uh, the beginning of the Aftar is connected to Ben Hamatzar. Based on this idea that the whole idea of Golas is to elevate the darkness, we come to a beautiful Hara. That sometimes you can have, it could be a type of individual that is a person that's into Torah, into Tefillah, into Mitzvahs, but he only stays within his Dalad Almas. Even if he gets involved, his Chalk Ba'ilam and the people around him, but it's always within the confines of Kedusha. He never gets involved with something which is outside the confines of Kedusha. So he's, his Avoida is Be'ikur with his Neshama. He, he, he's developing his Neshama, learning Torah, davening, etc., but he never develops that the body itself becomes uh, more elevated because the body never has any tests or any nisyonis that are compelling it to do something else. But the problem with that is, is that what happens in different times in a person's life when he does need to get involved with the chutz, with that, that which is outside of him, he does need to get involved with his guf and nefeshbahamnes. If you don't have the ability to refine your body, your nefeshbahamnes, people that you're dealing with, then what happens is you become miskashin, you become lowered. You become affected. You are nispiled from them. Instead of being affecting them and being piled on them, they're able to affect you because you do not have the capability uh, of, uh, you don't have the tools and the knowledge and the, and the fortitude to be able to elevate those who are around you. If you're always within quarantine, within your little circle of advisors, um, and as soon as you have some type of position, you have no idea how to be able to respond to it. So therefore, what, the reason, this is why Hashem sends us to Gaulus. That Hashem doesn't just want to stay in Eretz Yisrael in the base of Mikdash. He wants us to go into Gaulus, have opposition, and if in this opposition, to be able to elevate the opposition. And we, as we said earlier, the three things, to be mavar, to elevate yourself in your own coarse desires, not to be mispiled from those who are outside of you, and ultimately to transform the darkness to light. Or in the case of the Bein HaMetzarim, is to transfer that these days of Bein HaMetzarim, and especially the fast days, becomes days of Sasa uh, Vesimcha. So the Shaila Yid can have, or the Taina that a Yid can have is, how, how am I supposed to do that? That's something which is, is, is so much. How can I be Metzliah to, to not only not be affected by the outside of the world, but actually to be able to transform it? So therefore the Haftar starts off with giving the Yichus of Yermia. To say that, you know what, Yermia also came, ha, 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 came from families of, of Nachrim. He also had bad personality traits he needed to elevate. He also had the Yid in, uh, belittling him. He had opposition. And nonetheless, he was, what is Hashem telling? And he also doesn't want to, he was also afraid of the shlichus. He's telling Hashem, he doesn't want to take the shlichus. He's too, he's a youth. He's unable to handle it. But Hashem ultimately tells him, Hashem mitcha, that you're going to go on the shlichus and you'll be successful because Hashem is with you. Which is also what Hashem's telling us, that I'm going to be with you within your shlichus. Therefore, if I'm giving you this job, you are able to accomplish it. And even more detailed, if we actually look in Haftarath, in these psukim, uh, we're able to see a few, three stages of, um, that, that a yid goes through. Because we know that the neshama comes down through Bria, Yitzir, Asiya, through the three worlds until it comes into this world. So also we have these three things that Hashem give us that give us the capability to be able to do our Vaidah. The first thing Hashem gives us, He gives us, we have a neshama. And the neshama is higher than the world. The neshama was always one with Hashem. Even before Hashem decided to uh, create this world, the neshama uh, was with Hashem. 
We also we know that even when the neshama comes down into the uh, into this world, when it's, the child is in the mother's stomach being developed, the the, the, the the child within the body is being taught the entire Torah. I mean, the body, it's true that the Torah is eventually forgotten, but since the Torah was once taught to this child the, 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 with, with a body, some of that subconscious has, a, has an effect on the child. And therefore, even the body uh, has the capabilities to be able to affect and, and uh, elevate this world. And the, the final thing is that Hashem is always with us, and He gives us the capability to be able to transform the goof. And this is what we see in this parsha. That when Yirmiya says he, he can't be a Navi, Hashem replies to him, Even before you were formed in the belly, your mother's stomach, I knew you. What does it mean he knew you before even the neshama, even before the child was formed? Because we're talking about the love of the neshama, which is always unified with Hashem. So even before the process of creation began, Hashem knew the neshama. The neshama is one with Hashem. Then the next passage, the passage continues. Even before you left the womb, I made you holy, or I designated you. What does it mean even before you left the womb? We're talking about the process when uh, the child is being formed, when the, the body is being created. And he's saying, even at that time, I made you holy. I taught you the entire Torah. And then he says, fine, I can work on myself. I know the Torah, I have an Hashanah, but how am I supposed to affect the whole world uh, outside of me? He says, I am a, what it, Yermia says, I'm a youth. I don't have a voice. No one's going to listen to me. So he tells them, says, I don't know how to speak because I'm a youth. So Hashem replies to him, I'll tell you, do not say that you're a youth. Rather, wherever you go, wherever I'll send you, you will go and I will be with you and you'll be successful. Therefore, if I tell you to destroy and to break down, you'll be successful. If I tell you to build and to plant, which is the avoid of uh, you will also be successful. And that's ultimately the lesson for us during the Bain Hamasarim that there are hardships and suffering within your life, but Hashem always gives us the tools to not only be able to, to, to sustain the suffering, but actually able to elevate, become a greater person because of it. And we should be zoicha through this avoidah that Pinchas Zelio, that Pinchas, who is Elio, who is Mavasu the Ula, should be come right now in the Gula Mitzvah Shlema. And as we know, the reason why Pinchas Elio is because they both have the same type of Avaida. The Avaida of Pinchas, as we said, is Mamatha Lamaila, is an Eifna Gavura. Also Elio and Navi, his Avaida was Mamatha Lamaila in the Eifna of Gavura, working with the Jewish people at the level that they were at. And that's why Eliyahu, his name has a gematria of 52, which is the name of Hashem, which is Ban, which is also has the same gematria of the word Behema, which is 52. So animal, Eliyahu, and the name of Hashem, uh, which is 52, all are the same gematria. And the reasoning being is because the Avoidah of Eliyahu Nabi, and the Avoidah of Pinchas, and the Avoidah of the Yidin, Bizman Hagalas, is to take the animal and to elevate the animal to Hashem. And we should say that Pinchas Eliyahu, Shemavas, Dain Gula, Alamitas Hashlema, Geherbi Amen.